Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. Our speaker today is one of our overseers here, Brother Buck Matthews, and we're happy to turn the rest of our Bible Instruction Time over to him. Brother Buck, please. Thank you. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 19. Three weeks ago I spoke here and we started on the subject of the last days. And we believe that it's the last of the last days. And we, we talked mainly about what it was going to be like. That's why I had the uh, third chapter of Second Timothy read by Jude. Sorry about all those hard words in there, Jude, but it happens sometimes. The last time I read, I was given Chronicles to read from, but... Fortunately, there wasn't a lot of names there either, but uh, that's good. But in 2 Timothy 3 and other passages, it describes the, the attitude of the people, the, the way that they felt. They were, they were lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. It doesn't say lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. It should say... They were lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. And they said that that which was evil was good and that which was good is evil. That sound familiar? Doesn't it? Today. It seems like today sounds like that. Well, they also we, we talked about the idea in John chapter 3. It says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. <laughs> Men don't even use the night anymore. They go out in day. They crash and, and grab and they go up to a person, hit them in the back of the head or something on the street corner. They don't even care whether it's day or night. They don't care whether the police is around or anything like that. Hmm. But today we're going to kind of look at some events. Now, all these events won't be spoken in order probably in a fairly a good order, and all of them won't be spoken on completely. There's many, many other verses we'll go over in the near future, maybe. But at this time, I want to say that what we're looking for now, the believers, is in First Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 18, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. In 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're looking forward for that shout of the Lord Jesus Christ to say, Come up hither, my love, my fair one. And come away. That's what we're looking for. But after the rapture, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Not to judge our sins anymore. Our sins are all forgiven. We're on our way to heaven. And my heart is bubbling over with its joy. But we are going to stand before Christ in the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to judge our service and our faithfulness. And then after that, we're going to be placed into what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's where we come in to chapter 
19 of Revelation. The first couple of verses tells us that after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation, glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with his fornication and with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of her servants at his, her hand. And again, verse 3, they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up, rose down, sorry, rose up and forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders of the, and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God, and they sat at the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And the voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God. All ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and the voice of many thunders, and saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Verse 9. Saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto them, These are true sayings of God. We're going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. During that time of the um, judgment seat of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb, there's going to be something happening on earth. It's called the Great Tribulation. It's going to be Revelation chapter 13. It's a story of a man who is given power by Satan, the Antichrist. And he has a false prophet there too. And he gets the world to follow after him and to worship this image that he made. And he made the image actually work. And we know that's possible because of the way Disney and all the animations going on nowadays, it's possible to make that thing do that. And to talk and to... To, to ask for worship. But during that time, unless the time was shortened, there would be nobody following after Christ. But all of a sudden, in chapter 19 and verse 11, it says, I saw heaven opened up. And behold, a white horse, and him that sat upon that was called faithful and true and in righteousness doth he judge and, and make war. There was a question that they asked in Revelation 13 when they saw this beast and all these wonderful things he did. And he had the one world government and all that, which they're working towards that now. They said, well, who can make war against this man? He's so wonderful and so great. Well, the answer is in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. And that one coming out of heaven is going to be on a white horse. And he's going to have a whole army of people on white horses. I used to say that I'll be there too, but I never rode a horse until a few years ago, but I finally did up in Canada. Beautiful, along the river and all. And it's going to be an amazing situation. He's going to come down, and there's going to be what's called the Armageddon. And that takes us to chapter 16 
of Revelation. We'll see a little bit about what's going to happen in this event here. Now that verse 12, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And it says there that basically the river phase was dried up so that the kings will be able to go across. This is a buildup for this battle called Armageddon. And then it goes a little bit further down here. The seventh angel in verse 17 poured out his vial in the air. And there was a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. And and it goes on and tells us that there's a great earthquake and thunder and, and lightning. And my wife reads to me every day from Facebook telling me that there was a earthquake over in Tennessee and, and in uh, different places that you never hear about. Well, it's just a fulfillment of scripture, I say. It's just telling us that the time of his coming is very soon. So very soon. And here we have <clears throat> a great hailstorm being brought up here in this passage of chapter 16 of Revelation. And it's when the seventh angel poured out a vial and the verse uh, verse 19, I guess it is, the city was divided and then verse 21, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Everyone, because of the plague of the hail, they blasphemed God, and the, and the hailstones were up to a hundred pound weight. It said the, it says that it's at least uh, the weight of a talent. A talent is a little over a hundred pounds. Can you imagine that thing coming down from the heavens above? And you better duck for that, or you're gone. And here it was that these things are happening, and yet man still blasphemed. God, just preparing for this battle called the Battle of Armageddon. But let's see Christ coming out of the clouds in chapter 19 of Revelation. We'll go back again to there. I got all these markers here to try and keep me going here. And in verse 11, <coughs> it says here that the, those heavens were open. And the Lord's coming down. Well, this is parallel with the passage in, turn, turn your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 14. We have a Bible drill today. Zechariah 14. <clears throat> in Zechariah 14, <clears throat> it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And this is very parallel with the Lord coming out of the clouds in chapter 19 of Revelation. And the spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. <clears throat> I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Wow. And the city shall be taken, and the houses are rifled, and the men the women are ravished, and half the city go forth into captivity. And, and now, down in verse 4, then comes the victor, the victorious one. His feet shall stand in that day upon Mount of Olives. And when it does that, the mountain is going to open up from the south to the north. 
and there's going to be a, a passageway, a valley made. And in this valley is going to be the great sea, Mediterranean Sea, coming through out into the desert. And that will bring forth a <laughs> help for the millennium. <clears throat> and that will make the desert blossom as a rose. In verse 9 of chapter 14 of Zechariah, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day, there shall be one Lord and his name one. <clears throat> There's another parallel passage to this, and we'll look at it later, but in Ezekiel chapter 39, we're going to read a little bit from there, get a little bit of background. <clears throat> In verse 8 of, <clears throat> of Ezekiel 39, excuse me. <clears throat> Behold, it is come and it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall be set on fire and burn and shall go forth and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers and the bows and the arrows, hand stays, and it goes on to describe all these things of war. Who had those? In Revelation 19, when he came down, and when he put and in Zechariah 14, when he put his feet upon the mountain, he came to do this battle of Armageddon. And the the armies of the north coming across these river Euphrates. And also we have those ones, those nations that, that followed the beast, had the mark of the beast on their hand and on their forehead. And they were going up against the Lord. And the Lord came down. His name is called Faithful and True. And he had on his, on his vesture a name. He's called the Word of God. And he is the one that will speak out of his mouth the Word of God. And that Word will destroy this army. And he will cry for the birds of the, of the air to come and eat the flesh of these kings and of these people that are in battle. And there during that time, Christ will have the victory. Who is he that will go against the, the beast in the war? The Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is a wonderful and exciting part of scriptures that we need to continue to, to think about. But during this time, there is uh, in, in chapter 39 of Ezekiel, if you're still there, we're going to read about uh, here in verse 11. It shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel. <clears throat> and the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea. And it shall stop the noses of the passengers. It'll, and it will smell, it'll stink. And they shall bury Gog and his multitude. And they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And for seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. 
And yea, all the people of the land shall bury them and shall be to them a renowned the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. Verse 14, and they shall sever out men continually employment, passing through the land to bury these people. They hired people. And they, 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 for seven years after this battle, the land still isn't cleansed. It becomes cleansed because as the passenger, the travelers went through the land, they saw a bone. They would put it and put a sign up, and there would be these people that they hired, and they would go and find all these bones and try and cleanse the land. What are they doing? What are they preparing for? Remember, we were waiting for the coming of the Lord. Israel is waiting for that millennial reign. And it's going to happen. In fact, in these passages here, let's go back to Matthew chapter 25. Wow, we're bouncing around, aren't we? It's a lot of stuff. It's, It's so interwoven that you can't get it all out, these events that are happening. And these events that were happening is actually the coming of the Lord and then the judgment of Christ. And then we have the actual marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we have after that Christ coming down to destroy that man, of that Antichrist. In fact, at the end of that battle, and the Lord is the only one that speaks and destroys these armies. At the end of that battle, the Lord has someone take the Antichrist and the false prophet and cast them into the lake of fire for a thousand years or more. We'll see in a second. And then they'll take Satan, which takes us to Revelation chapter 20. It says, after the battle, Satan is taken by one angel, just one measly angel, and he's taken and bound and cast into an abyss, not the lake of fire, but the abyss. There's a reason for that. It says in Revelation 20 that he will be bound for a thousand years and we will reign with Christ for a thousand years. I'm trying to think about a thousand years. What happened between the year 2022 and 1022? No one knows all that things that happened, but think of how much activity happened and and the different events we had and the different inventions that happened between 1022 and 2022. It's a thousand years. Imagine. And after the battle, before the millennial kingdom is set up, there is this cleansing effect. And during that time also, the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 25, verse 31 when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, the ones that didn't go to the war, that stayed behind with the stuff. There were those that were not in favor of the war, and there were those that were in favor. And so here's what God does, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting on his throne, and before him gathered all the nations, and he divided them sheep from the goats. The sheep were those that did not want to go to war, did not support it, and the other ones, the goats, were ones that supported it. And in verse 34, the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, 
Ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for from the foundation of the world. And then he says to the others in verse 41, Then shall he say also unto the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, in the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I am hungered. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. Verse 45. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, very I say unto you, as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye have done it not to me. And these shall go away in the everlasting punishment before the righteous, in the, and the righteous shall be in the life eternal. The Lord will set up his kingdom now. And as he sets up his kingdom, <clears throat> I got to thinking about what is it like there in that kingdom? And I have on my notes here that just imagine a thousand years of peace, a thousand years of of no evil, a thousand years of no sickness, a thousand years of safety. Imagine in verse uh, in Isaiah thirty five verse one it says the desert is going to be blossomed as a rose, living water is going to be coming out of Jerusalem, <clears throat> and they, there'll be different plants, trees alongside of each bank of the, of the river that comes out. And there'll be different fruit there every month for the, for the, feet, for the people to eat. And then in Zechariah, or Ezekiel 48, 20, 35, the name of Jerusalem has even changed. It's changed to Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. In Joel 3, 18, it says the mountains shall draw... Drop new wine, and the hills shall overflow with milk. Listen to this one here. Amos chapter 9, verse 13 to 15. It says that the plowman will overtake the one that is reaping. The harvest will be so plentiful during those thousand years that the, they will start planning for more food, and they're not even done the first harvest. That's how wonderful this place is going to be. Isaiah 55, 13, instead of thorns shall come up the fir tree, and instead of briars shall come up the myrtle tree. What about the animals? Isaiah 11, verses 6 to 9, summarizes and says, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, the leper will lie down with the kid, the calf and the young lion will play together, the little child shall lead them, the lion shall eat straw, like an ox. No more sharp teeth for the lion. Doesn't need it. Just eat straw like an ox. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now as we approach this, as they approach the end of this millennium, some of the events that will happen is for the next time, I think. After the millennium is over, what happens after the millennium happens? After the millennium is over, after that thousand years, after we go through 
a thousand years of this wonderful stuff. And like I said, there's so much more in here, but we only had 30 minutes or so to get into the actual passage. But it, it, it was tedious a little bit to get, go to different passages. But understand that this is nothing, nothing compared to glory. Nothing compared to what it will be in glory. It won't be a thousand years anymore. There won't be any deaths. I know during the millennium, it's not always perfect because there are people that will rise up. There are people that will be uh, judged and everything because of the things that they, 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 they're still part human. They're still alive, in other words. They still, they don't have the glorified bodies like this. They're living, they're having children for a thousand years. Think how many children will be born. That's why after the millennium, Satan is loosed for a short time to give them the opportunity to choose between Christ and between the devil. Maybe there's someone here today and you haven't trusted the Lord as your Savior. You haven't believed that Jesus died for your sins. According to Scripture, he was buried and he arose again the third day. Is that so? Are you going to go through that great tribulation, be left behind your parents up in the glory, enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Choose the day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But what about you? Let's pray. Father, we thank thee for the scriptures and how that they're complicated, and yet you can understand a bit of what it's going to be like after the Lord Jesus Christ comes for us who are saved. We know that the, we are not worried about what's happening down here because, our Father, we know the rest of the story. And we know that we are delivered. But there might be someone here today that is not delivered from their sins yet. And they need to trust the Lord as their Savior. Might this be the day that they would say, what must I do to be saved? And we answer from the Scripture, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. We thank thee for the opportunity to bring forth some of these events. And, Father, we thank thee for the opportunity just to worship today the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so so minute to what we will be able to worship and how we will be able to worship. So, our Father, we just commit ourselves into thy hands as we pray for traveling mercies home too. In thy name we pray. Amen.